you know, I, you know, just to say this to you, I heard you talking about legacy uh, in one of your previous podcasts. And, and that's what this book was, is to, to, to keep that legacy going. And I said, I wrote this book to give back what was given to me. And that's the legacy of my mother's character. So that's what this book is about, is maintaining her legacy through the story that I told. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations, folks. It's the Audacious Living Podcast, and I'm Audley Stevenson back for another edition of the most audacious podcast you'll find on the internet. I guarantee you can scour, and you will not find one more audacious than this one. Uh, the Audacious Living Podcast is here, and I really appreciate you uh, for taking some time out every day and spending it here with us as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious life ever. As always, I encourage you to follow us on our social media channels we're on instagram twitter and facebook you can also find us on youtube if you click the bell down below you can actually subscribe to our channel and stay connected to all good things audacious related now i've got a really cool guest coming up on this edition of the podcast kenneth earl is a former u.s navy master cryptologist which is a really cool job that involves spies and espionage and all that cool stuff you see on the movies which which by itself offers a ton of one-of-a-kind of experiences that we'll get an opportunity to hear from Kenneth all about. But the thing I like about what he has done uh, is, uh, with his story is that he, he's taken his experiences and gone on this reflective journey and pulled out really important life lessons which actually, in some instances, go back to his childhood where he's raised in a single-parent home in South Carolina with his mother. They didn't have a whole lot of money uh, and so he was very, very, very uh, reflective on that. Uh, he's written his own book his personal memoir called uh, Illegitimate Son, which chronicles his own, you know, his own journey. And, uh, and he uses that to, to inspire others. Uh, he uh, gets into personal achievement and satisfaction and, and happiness and a whole bunch of other really, really key points. And, uh, you know, essentially he's cracked uh, the code of, of life uh, through his memoir. Uh, and a big, I also should point out that a big part of that uh, he dedicates to his mother, uh, uh, who was instrumental and had a profound impact on his upbringing as, as a single parent. It really, really is, is a great conversation that I have no doubt that all of you will appreciate. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Kenneth Earl. Enjoy. Kenneth, welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast. Uh, it's such a pleasure to talk to you and get you on the show. Uh, we're going to talk about your book. I like I like, I like your background there with your books. We're going to talk about that. That cute little guy in the photos look really sharp. That's, I know I can I, I see that too. We're going to get into all that. But listen, first, I'm, I'm, you know, kidding aside, thank you for being here. I really appreciate this. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's my honor to be here. I'm, I'm really excited uh, to, to join you today. Uh, I've been waiting for this for several weeks now. Oh, man. And uh, though it's uh, 7 p.m. On the East Coast, 
I had a long day. I was, I'm still excited to be here today. So thank you for the invitation and to be here on your podcast. Thank you. I, I again, I, 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 uh, and so first I appreciate the kind words, you know, uh, uh, this podcast very much is about, uh, starting from that when we were sort of talking about authenticity, for example, and yeah. the importance of being, you know, yourself and who you are. And so, um, this podcast for me, it represents just that. I'm just authentically being myself. Um, I know what's important to me. And I think what's important to me is worth sharing with others. And if I can help someone along the way, then I'm golden, man. So there you go. I totally agree. And and I feel that energy. And and I got a sense. uh, And for transparency, I've seen uh, several of your uh, videos and clips. And I saw that energy. And I saw that passion about it. And I said, hey, that's what made me be excited today because Obviously, that's who you are. That's the core of who you are as an individual and what you do in life and what you do for others. And right. I think you, I think there's a book called Gift to Others. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. wow, wow, I want to talk to this guy, right? Yeah. So to that extent, I'm excited to be here um, uh, to join you and your, your listeners. So, hey. I'm, 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 you know, so, Kenneth, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stars. That yeah. book, Gifts from Others, I probably wrote that about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you pull that out like you, so you, I know you researched because if you know Gifts from Others and you did your homework. <laughs> I did, I did, and, uh, I did. And, uh, and I think another reason, and I know this is, we're going to chat here, but, uh, you know, you're, you're a deputy commissioner or commissioner of a basketball league. And uh, I like to think of myself, I was a basketball star uh, in high school and, and in the military. And I say, well, I'm going to be able to relate to this guy. And I see some right. of your interviews. So right. for me, it's like maybe I'm leaving my dream because I never got it to any professional level. I did that in the military in high school. And, right. But I was like, no, I get to talk to a commissioner. Right. There so, we go. There uh, we go. so just know that uh, that's how I'm feeling right now. Well, I, listen, I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, we all, we all could, you know, it's nothing wrong with getting our egos stroked and our heads blown up a little bit. So I thank you for that. It's a great lead into talking about you because I certainly want to talk about you. And, 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 I, and I have to, we got to start starting your military background. Yeah. And, uh, and you're going to have to fill us in on what a cryptologist is because, yeah. you know, that's all part of what you were doing. So wh- why don't you take it away there, Kenneth? Well, well, thank you. Again, you know, I'm Kenneth Thurl. You know, I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start from the very beginning and just bear with me just yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, uh, this story, the story that I wrote is really about my life. It's a memoir. I call it a spy memoir, Illegitimate Son. And it's really about a, a young kid growing up in the segregated South. But it was about a mother that raised four children by herself. And I was a fourth of those kids. And um, to that extent, she was an extraordinary lady. Uh, I mean, just did the very best that she could. Just wanted a better life for me and my brothers and, and my, my sibling, my sister as well, my other two brothers. So I was the last of those four children. And, and to be quite frank with you, Artie, um, you know, I probably was the one that was probably the most challenged, right? And uh, to that degree, I was a basketball star in high school. And uh, you know, my basketball coach in high school, he was actually a veteran, an army veteran. And when I didn't get any scholarships to go play at these top universities, which I thought I was good enough to do, um, that didn't happen. And, and I knew I couldn't pay for college, you know, on my own. My mother struggled to do that for my sister. She made it through in four years, but I saw those struggles. And my other two brothers had went into the service themselves. So my older brother went into the U.S. Air Force, my other one in the U.S. Army. And my sister went off to college. And when I right. didn't get that basketball scholarship, right. I ended up joining the Navy. And, and I right. can I can discredit that to my uh, to my basketball coach and my best friend and another gentleman that joined the Navy at the same time. Okay. So when I joined the Navy, uh, 
took my ASVAB test. I scored really high on this test called a D-Lab, which is Defense Language Aptitude Test, which says that you could, you know, learn new languages. Okay. They took me off to Monterey, California, to what they call a Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California, the Presidio of Monterey, to learn Korean. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out that well, but I ended up being reclassified as a cryptologic technician communications. So you asked me, you know, you know. So, be, so before you got there, did you know what that was? I, I'm just curious. I did not. I did not. Okay. And what happened was, honestly, I was going to be a communications radio man, like my two uh, uh, com, my sure. classmates. Sure. But I scored really high on my test and my recruiter was like, hey, you know what? You know, you seem to be very bright. You know, we want to take this test. And I took this test and it's a it's a test of your language skills. And it's a no, it's, it's not a real known language, but it's just an aptitude test for languages. And I did really well, which I couldn't believe. And um, he said, look, we want to put you in language. And, and truth is, I was supposed to be a Russian linguist. Uh, but when I got, when I arrived in Monterey, they put me there. So I did not know what a cryptologist was. He had to explain it to me as well. So, um, you know, to that extent, I was going to be a cryptologic technician interpreter. Okay. where I would interpret language, you know, encrypt and decrypt. But I ended up being reclassified as a, a cryptologic technician communications and what is that? You asked me, what is a cryptologist? So what I did in my job, my, my job primarily in the Navy, you would think of it as cybersecurity now, but back then, you know, the internet didn't exist yet, quite yet, quite yet. Right, right. And um, to that extent, I was learning how to take, you know, codes and messages and to make them secret. So the short, the shortness of it is this, you take where you take messages and you make them unreadable. So when you encrypt something, you have to decrypt it to read it. But that process of studying cryptograms is cryptology. Okay. And, uh, you know, so what we did was when it comes to signals intelligence, you know, I talk about that, but signals intelligence are like receipt, um, receipt of, you know, communication signals and where you decrypt those signals or languages and you bring those down, and you decrypt them. So it's just the right. study of cryptology and cryptology is cryptograms and those, those methods that you use to encrypt or to make your message a secret. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so tell me though, where I'm curious, what are what are key skills needed to do that kind of a job? Yeah, I mean, and as far as we, just just a high aptitude, you know, high aptitude for languages. You know, if you want to be a linguist, but in terms in terms of uh, a cryptologist, it could be anything in the scientists, the maths. Okay. You know, um, those kinds of skills, um, you know, you will, if you think of in today's environment, you know, oftentimes when we think of cryptologists, you think of, uh, you know, cybersecurity, gotcha. so any one of those kind of technical skills, because it's a highly technical force, uh, workforce, okay. um, particularly in, you know, today's society, we need, we need people out there, you know, to protect our, our nation. And, um, you know, dealing with our, you know, foreign adversaries and things of that sure, nature. Sure. So we needed folks on the on the front lines, literally, uh, to be able to make sure that we're protecting this nation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm so I'm seeing kind of your journey a bit. You didn't get the basketball scholarship. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you end up in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, you didn't learn Korean, but you did show that you can do this this line of work that is it's, it's actually really when you, well. how did you describe it. It's really yeah. important. It's really a key job, if you will, right? In it terms is. of it is. messages. It is. And and what it is, so I was in the Navy. So when I got when I was classified as that communication, just remember, 
I did special intelligence communications, okay? Yeah. So, you know, when you think about your regular communications, you know, your regular phone lines and even the conversation we have now, but think about it, you know, when our military and our intelligence communities that we may have for our nations, whether in Canada, the United States, or any of these nations, you need some way of protecting your communications. And that's what I did. On the encryption side, we would go and protect those signals, you know, in gotcha. terms of, you know, what we want to send to our friends, right? And then when it comes off, we want to protect that from those foes. So we, we would do work to make sure that that happened. On the other side of that too, we have to protect ourselves and kind of knowing what that threat is about. So we have to understand the intelligence around those things. So my job was to ensure that those communications, whether it was you know communications dealing with submarines, communications dealing with uh, aircraft, right. aircraft carriers, uh, other Navy ships, or even land spaces, or even better yet, other, other security forces. So that was that job. And this it was a very good job. I, I spent 21 years in the Navy. I loved it. I traveled the world. My basketball coach said, Craig, you know what? You know, you join the military, you can get an education, earn a degree, learn a trade, travel the world, and play basketball. I'm like, whoa, you tell that to a 17-year-old? Because I was 17 at that time. And I did them all. And one thing I just got to say, uh, you know, outside of the work part, uh, traveled to Hong Kong. And I'll never forget, we played the, the, the Chinese national team. Okay. And we were so much bigger than them. We had one of the best teams in Japan. That's where I was from. I was on the ship. We got there, and I'm going to tell you, they, uh, they had the international rules. It was the first time I, we played international rules. I think okay. at halftime, they was beating us something like 73 to, 73 to 20. And what it was, you know, because you can go 10, you know. Yes. Run. Talking it off the rim. You weren't used to that. You know what I mean? We're kind of yeah, laying yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. the other way. Next thing you know, then a goaltender. So by the time we figured out those international rules, we got back into the game. But, you know, they had them blew us out. And also the, the, the ball, when it goes out of bounds. Yep. We'll be talking about the book. But, you know, we're talking basketball. So the rules with the referee, you know, they don't have to hold a ball as long. So they was very quick with that. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. half. To figure it out, and once we did, you know, our, you know, our height didn't, you know, we was much bigger than they were, right. but um, you know, so I would say that's what I love, and that's what my coach said. He said, "Hey, you can do those things, travel the world." So though I did not, you know, make that uh, that 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 college scholarship, I was able to play internationally, played against other colleges and universities. Nice. So I played nice. basketball the entire twenty years, nice. while at the same time protecting this nation's security. Isn't that something? That's beautiful. That's that, 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 that certainly is a blessing. And I mean, only few people can, you know, as you're talking about, I'm getting excited because I can appreciate that. And only if, you know, there's only a select, a select group of people will be like, yeah, that's great. Others will be like, yeah, so what? Right. But I yeah. get you. So I'm, I, I'm with you all the way. Uh, and, and, and by the way, feeble rules is very different than NBA rules. Right. So, yes. you know, yes. that, that first half, I get it. I get yes. it. You know, our <laughs> league, we play feeble rules. So oh, I mean, I'm familiar with it as well yeah. um but yeah i mean the only difference now i'm getting technical here the only difference we play 12 minute quarters instead of 10 fema rule is 10 minute quarters we play okay. 12 but for the most part you know they're all the same but the nuances are different the clock like, runs you know, though right doesn't the clock still run yeah, well yeah it does but the thing the thing that's very different is yeah. you can't you, you when you call a timeout you gotta call it with the, you can't do it to the ref you gotta do it to the table the table calls the timeout oh, right wow. so so, so, so for a lot of people, you know, they're used to, you know, you're getting trapped. You go to the ref timeout. The ref ain't gonna give it to you because the yeah, table's got to get it right. So, 
Anyhow, I'm I'm getting sidetracked That's here. That's okay, but but I love it. <laughs> I want to ask about the the the, the, the naval experience. I oh. would imagine, and, and I'm sure, and you know, we can get in your book too, because I'm yeah. sure you capture it in your book. But but yeah. I'm, I'm guessing there's some really strong and powerful life lessons that you walked away from oh, my. In that experience. Yes. yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, and a lot of them. So you know, in the book, I outline everywhere I from my entire naval career, from the time that I left Cherry Street. Cherry Street is an impoverished neighborhood in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, left there. And uh, from that, that chapter goes all the way up until I retired from the Navy and then start working in the intelligence community after retirement. So it's the whole, it's, my, it's a memoir, right? To honor my mother and my brother, right? So to that extent, and, um, and everyone that came and helped me along the way. But there's a lot of great stories and lessons learned. So the, the subtitle of the book, well, the title of the book is called Illegitimate Son, How Naval Cryptologists Cracked the Life, the, the life Codes, right? And I cracked 10 life codes. And I'll share, let me share a couple with you. I sure. know you would really appreciate it. I was excited to share this with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have it here. Let me put my glasses on. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so one of the first ones, um, you know, and I heard, I think I heard you talk about this. Mistakes and failures should be options for growth. Oh, I think I heard you talking about- man, you're speaking you know, my language. Destination, but let me tell you, I made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I can tell you already that uh, for me, those were the best teachers. Now, of course you don't want to repeat those things, but that was a code that I think that everyone should know because in the military and given the seriousness of my job, sure. you know, I was often told that, you know, failure is not an option. And, and, you know, you get, you get kind of tense around those things. So to that extent, uh, I learned, so the life code that I cracked was that, you know, mo those mistakes and failures should be options for growth. You any thoughts yeah. about that? hundred percent. You are speaking my language. Uh, the only time, uh, you know, if you walk away after making a mistake, I think there's lessons in everything. And yeah. if you make a mistake or go through an experience and you walk away and don't pick up a lesson, that's the real mistake. Yes. That's the real mistake, right? Yeah. Like you'll go through things, things will happen to you, but you have to understand that, you know, you almost have to pause yourself and go, okay, why is this happening? And what purpose does it serve? Yeah. And if you can figure that out, then you walked away with the lesson. And if you don't, if you haven't, that's where the mistake lies. So you're speaking my language. Exactly. And, um, you know, and it was, and I, I listened to that last night and I remember you saying something uh, along those lines. Also, I wrote here, um, you know, some of them are a little funny and some of them are pretty direct. <laughs> Unhappiness and frustrations are unproductive. And what I learned, remember now, this starts, you know, from age, you know, five, but 17 to, I think I was 38 or 39 when I retired. So 21 years. So yeah, 38, 39. And uh, so what I learned was unhappiness and frustrations are unproductive. You know, Audie, I spent too much time being unhappy and, uh, and I feel that that wasn't productive. And I said, damn, that's a lot of time wasted being frustrated and unhappy. And I also came to the extent that, you know, I thought that maybe happiness is a skill because I think it, I thought happiness was something that happened to you or something that someone gives you. But what I discovered is it's something, it's a skill like anything else. You know, you learn how to ride a bike. Well, hell, you can right. learn how to be happy, right? And that's what I've, I've taught myself. So I don't know right. if it's a skill or not, but I showed them treat it like a skill because I don't look for those external things. And I try not to spend too much time in unhappiness and frustration because I found it to be unproductive and I've wasted a lot of time in my life, um, you know, in those moments.
You got me, and I'm with you. Like honestly, 100. percent I find that you know when you're when you I find when I'm happy, right, yeah. or I'm in a good mood. I'm I'm you know I've got the most creativity. I've got the yes. most energy. We use yes. the word productivity. I'm yes. the most productive. Like yes. it's it's almost like happiness is a sweet spot. Yes. So, yes. And, and and that's not to say there are things that won't happen over the course of your day that won't that will cause you to be unhappy. That's but right. the way I think about it is this. Let's say you're driving to work one morning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone someone does something, it cuts you off, right? Well, yeah. that's in that moment. If and that was nine AM that morning. If five PM I'm still upset or frustrated or angry about what happened, there's something wrong because I just wasted a whole day. Yeah, that's unproductive. And yeah, exactly. And what I'm saying is, but it took me a long time to figure out. I, I mean, I would even tell people sometimes, you know, somebody, would, you know, maybe you're driving to work and, you know, I'm spending all day telling everybody about how that person cut me off. And, you know, it's like, you know, how much, look how much time I'm spending talking right. about something that made me mad, you know, five right. before, uh, ago. So I try not to, I'll, I'll kid you not, I do find myself sometimes being unhappy and frustrated, but I stay in those moments you know, I don't stay in them very long. Yes. You know? Yes. Not, not, I wouldn't be all day. I wouldn't like if my team, when I was a kid, you know, my team would lose. I'll be, I'll be sick for a whole week. Right. You know? Right. And right. Now what I do is I realize everybody got the little inner child in them. Like I can't even watch football no more. If I got something, if I got some equities in the game, <laughs> I tend not to watch it because I realize it messes with my emotions. So I don't even watch it anymore because it's gonna be make it's gonna make me unproductive, particularly I love it. if I don't win. I love and it. I found that out. So I just think that uh being unhappy and frustrated is just not a productive thing to be in all the no. time. Kenneth, are right. In fact, a, a, a motto or saying I oftentimes use is I don't have bad days, I have bad moments. Yes, I like that. Matter of fact, uh I like that, you know, and uh I don't yeah. have bad days. I have bad moments, and I move on. You got yeah. you. I think, and that's true because you know it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, ah, I, I, you just nailed it there. And if I can just share two more, I mean, sure, I think let's do it. Like it. I don't know. I don't know. You might. I don't know if I can settle for just two. You're on a roll, man. <laughs> well, I did, there, there's okay. So here's I'm okay. I'll share three more, right? Okay. Sure. So one is, um, it's actually a tagline for the book. You got to excuse me. I am getting a little older, so I have to use my my readers, Okay. And no worries. Believe it, I got contacts on now. I'm putting on my glasses. Okay. So the um, it says, uh, you cannot buy peace of mind. And, uh, you know, so my sister and I was having a conversation about peace of mind. And, uh, you know, it's just, and I realized all of us are seeking that. And, you know, and, and we had this conversation about, you can go and buy a mattress, you can go and buy a nice pillow, sleep pillow, yep. sleep number, whatever, but that's not going to promise you a good night's sleep. You know, you can go buy that thing. But, and also when it comes to peace of mind, you can't buy that. And we also was, was reflecting on peace of mind and said, hey, you know what? Maybe we should open up a store and put a sign out there and call it peace of mind. And I said, I bet you people will start running around and lining up in the store. We won't put nothing in the store, but I bet you we'll get a big line because we know everyone wants that. So what I've discovered is that if you're going to have that, you can't go buy that. I mean, of course, you can go and talk to friends and mentors and, and maybe think, talk with your therapist and, and maybe get support around that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's up to us, you know, to try to get that piece and to go get that. And you just it's not something you can buy. And, and I think it's just something that 
I learned because it's almost like, you know, you, you know, um, there's a quote here and I, and I got to read this. This is so spot on when it comes yeah. to mind. Um, and I, I just would love to hear your comment on this. Um, I should have had it bookmarked, but I'm just going to, here it is. Okay. When it comes to peace of mind, right? I, I wrote here, if you want peace of mind, stop fighting with your thoughts. Now, I don't know if you can go and buy that, but I, I think that's what it is. And, yeah. and that's anonymous, but it says, if you want peace of mind, stop fighting with your thoughts. Yeah. And, um, you know, so again, I guess the takeaway was, you know, you want, you know, you can't buy peace of mind. And I don't know if you got any thoughts on that. No, you can't. You really can't. Peace of mind is something that it's, it's, there's, there's so much that comes with that fulfillment, satisfaction, contentness, happiness, all of these things are a part of it. And, and I can guarantee you can't buy any of those things. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so. Anything worth having, you can't buy it anyway. Love, you know, you can't buy love, you know, you can't buy peace of mind, you can't buy happiness. It's just a state of being that we have to put ourselves in. And I'm convinced, at least for me, that that happiness is a skill. And I think it's something that we all can practice. And uh, we don't have to wait for it to show up at our door right. or show up on as a Christmas present or a gift from someone else. I think it's a gift we give ourselves. Right. And uh, I'll give you two more. And I'm okay. going to see the, I'm going to leave the best one for last. Right. Um, but one of them here is um, no matter what you do in life, Yep. No one can beat you at being you. Oh. I know you can relate to that. Authenticity, my friend. Authenticity right there. That's it. That's Man. it. And uh, I heard you talking about it. And I said, yo, he's going to love this because Man. at the end of the day, I want to be the best version of myself. And Absolutely. this book is this, this book is not a how-to book as much as it's a story of, 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 of a mother raising four children by herself and how one of them you know, learn from all those lessons that she taught us. And, and even the people that I learned along the way, the mentors, the, the advisors, the friends, the other family members that helped along the way, yeah. because, you know, the odds wasn't against, the odds were against me. I mean, against our whole family. And was against my mom, reading up in the Great Depression in the segregated South in America. You know, um, it was just hard times, but she did it the very best that she could. And that leads me to the last one that I want to share. Yep. And it says a mother's wisdom is indisputable. Mm. And, and I say that for last because I can tell you the person that I've become today is really a, a just a, a total, I guess, representation of the person that she was. And regardless of the parenting, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, what a mother does, it is going to impact us in some kind of way, but shape yeah. or form. At least I can say yeah. for me. And today yeah. is her birthday, actually, too. Amazing. So I just want to say happy birthday, a heavenly happy birthday to her. Amazing. And, uh, you know, today is February 25th, and she was born in 1937. And I remember when I scheduled this on, when we scheduled this, I was thinking, hey, this is mom's birthday. So oh, what man. a great way to, to, to celebrate that with you and your audience today. Wow, that's, that's outstanding. Listen, Kenneth, that, 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 that's touching. Um, your mother's love is, is uncomparable. Uh, and a yeah. wonderful way to to keep the legacy living, right? You know, yeah. and, and you know. So if we can, uh, through our own lives, right, show 
So, for example, in this case, your mother through our own lives, right? We're, we're, we're you know, we're keeping her memory strong. We're, yeah. Her legacy lasts even longer yeah. through your own actions, through your behaviors, the things that you say. Um, so, I, and, I, and I can relate to that so much. I'm fortunate. I still have my mother here with me, and yeah. you know, there's been many times where we'll speak, and I'm like, wow, that's wise. I'll write that down, or yeah. I'll, you know, I'll say that again. Let me get that again, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, it's powerful stuff, and I love the way that you you, you honored her uh, as well as your brother. So so yeah. let's talk about this because you honored your brother uh, in, in through the yeah. book, but also yeah. through your name. Explain yeah. that. Share okay. that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for asking that question. So Kenneth Thurl is actually my brother, right? And he passed away at too too young of age, right? I mean, you know, barely forty years old, and um, and this was the one that went in the army, and he was yep. he was. Oh my God, he was the he was the athlete. He was the five star athlete. He st- he lettered in five sports. I know you can relate to that. Man, man, five sports. Good. I mean, I think it's baseball, football, wrestling, track. Wow. And baseball, five that's sports. Good. And he that's and he went good. in the army, and he was like the top. You know, and he was doing infantry stuff, but he was like the top soldier in everything that he did. And uh, oh my God, you know. And uh, so I wanted to honor him because he just passed away too early. He was just so strong. And um, so, you know, so my name is Craig Taylor, but uh, he was Kenneth Thurl Taylor. And, uh, you know, obviously, again, it, it is a pseudonym and, and how fitting it was. And I did ask my older brother and sister how they felt about that, because the book was designed to honor my mom. Sure. And what better way to honor both of them? Right. Oh, and they were like, true. absolutely. And, and, I, and I obtained their permission to do that. And, uh, and also my brother, he had a son. And I know you have a 15-year-old, right? I don't know if it's 16, huh? But 15, no, he's 15. He's 15. 15, he's okay. So he had a son, and I had occasion to speak to him about it before the book was published. And, and you know, though they didn't have a long relationship together, he was very young when sure. my brother passed away, obviously. But I, I, I needed to, you know, have some, I guess, have his support, too, for what it was that I was doing to honor his dad. It's amazing. It's amazing and touching and a beautiful way to, to again, keep someone's legacy going strong. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I commend you on that. Uh, you know, I, just, I commend you on, on and so first, I thank you for sharing uh, you know, your, your lessons the way you did. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the five that you gave me has got me salivating. I'm sure there's <laughs> good stuff in there, but I think more importantly, um, you know, and, and I think it goes back to a point we made earlier about, you know, going through a situation and, and, and ma- the mistake is not taking the lessons. Well, yes. you made no mistake, right? You went through a, you, you, a whole series of life lessons from the Navy and you've taken that and encapsulated that and, and turned that into a gift that you've given yes. other people. And you've so, others. You know, you know, you know what? I, I, I commend you for that. Um, uh, it's it's something that's you know it's, it's it's an approach to life that's very near and dear to my heart in terms of what I believe and what I value. And so I, I really want to commend you on that, Kenneth, because man, it's 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 t- to be able to take your own personal lessons and be able to impact other people, but just simply by sharing. You know, yes. there's great power in sharing, and so be able for you to be able to do that. That's phenomenal. I take my hats off to you and say congratulations. Uh, let our listeners know if they want to know where they can catch the book, you know, read the book. Good. Catch yes. Where, where, where can we send them? Where can we send them? Yeah, good. Amazon.com. If you don't, you know, Amazon.com. If, if, if not a user of Amazon, you can go to uh, illegitimate son. I mean, illegitimate dash son, S-U-N.com. Yeah. Again, that's illegitimate dash son.com. 
Explain the title. Tell me how you came up with that title. That's oh, man. Thank you for asking. Okay, so illegitimate son. Yeah. Uh, S-U-N. Okay. Yep. Now remember, my mother raised four children by herself, so she wasn't with you know my father, so she never got married. And in those those days, the early you know fifties and sixties, when you have children, you know when you're born out of wedlock, they would call them illegitimate. Yes. And, uh, you know, we don't do that nowadays. That wouldn't be politically correct. And right. our society has really changed. Right. They really have changed. And to that extent, though, I took the word sun, S-U-N, because the sun rises. Right. So what I did is it was just a literary, you know, I was trying to be literarily clever and saying that maybe someone could pick up on that. Like, what do they mean? Illegitimate son? And, and and someone did. I mean, it worked. I could tell you, not, maybe not with everyone, but it worked. Sure, sure. And I can say to you that, um, you know, it wasn't just designed for kids growing up in a single parent home. It was designed or it is designed for anyone who might feel, you know, one sense of for, for whatever reason that, hey, maybe they're not good enough or maybe they suffer from imposter syndrome or maybe, you know, just some other th- Thing that they may not necessarily let's say not to say ashamed of but maybe not be comfortable with there's a lot of things that might make us feel illegitimate you know imposter right. syndrome is, is pretty rampant in terms of people maybe there might be ceos might be feel like how the hell i got here right you know True. you know or to that extent so to that degree again it's not a how-to book but it does share a story of someone coming from those extraordinarily humble beginnings with a mother that was determined to have better for her children. And that was a part to honor her because she only had a general education diploma. You know, she dropped out of school early to have my older brother who helped my mother along the way with the, with myself and my other siblings. So she had to end her education. She was highly intelligent, but you know, she never just you know, achieved the, the former education, but he worked, she worked her way up, got the respect of veterans, doctors, nurses, and, uh, you know, other folks that she supported in the Veterans Hospital for 40 years. And uh, I can tell you, I just watched and I always, always used to wonder, oh, like, how did, uh, you know, these doctors and nurses and these other highly educated people sought her out for advice? Because she just had this wisdom. And uh, and there's nothing like a mother's wisdom. And I can tell you, for me, it was extraordinarily helpful. And that's why I said, you know, a mother's wisdom is indisputable because I think I'm a living and walking example of what that might mean for a person. And right. that could be for a father as well. But sure, sure. I, I guess you have that. I didn't have that luxury, but I can tell you, I don't know if I missed out on. Uh Oh, are you still there? I am. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me see something here. Whoa. Oh. Good. So um, sorry about that. I thought we had lost the connection. And uh, so, yeah, so I, um, you know, she did, she did really, really wonderful. And I, when I speak to my siblings now, we always celebrate her. We had some text exchanges today. Amazing. And we just talk about how extraordinary she was. And I can say one other thing about that. I think what really helped me through some of those toughest, darkest valleys, you know, not just praying and, and people helping, but just seeing the strength that she had, and the things that she had to go through to raise us, when I did find myself at those, you know, low points of frustration, unproductive, unhappiness, I would just kind of think about, damn, you know, she went through, right. you know, much greater, yeah, you know, art. So those things will be inspiring. So it was inspiring to kind of see how she 
did that for herself. So that was very helpful. And I wanted, you know, I, you know, just to say this to you, I heard you talking about legacy uh, in one of your previous podcasts. And, and that's what this book was, is to, to, to keep that legacy going. And I said, I wrote this book to give back what was given to me. And that's the legacy of my mother's character. So that's what this book is about, is maintaining her legacy through the story that I told. Amazing. Amazing. And that's exactly, Kenneth, how you keep it alive. That's how you keep it yes. strong. That's how you keep them strong, right? Yeah. So they're, that, in that way, they're always with you. Even after yeah. they're always with you, they're always in your heart. And so, again, yeah. that's amazing. I love it. Um, Kevin, I, look. Look. I, I, I've had a great time. I really have. I have too. I've, I've enjoyed this conversation immensely. Um, congratulations on the book. I'm yeah. sure, you know, I'm sure, you know, I don't think being an author was high on your, your, your goals list, but you did it anyways. And right. it was a very powerful way because you not only wrote your memoirs, but you also showed uh, and honored not only your mother, but your brother as well. So congrats again, Kenneth. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And it's just my honor to be here today and spend this time with you. Um, you know, I'm just very grateful. And uh, you know, I don't want to get emotional here, but uh, I just want to thank you for being and doing what you're doing. And I know you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. Um, I've seen enough of your podcast to know that. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you to continue to do things like this because uh, it motiv it's motivating on this end. Thank you. So thank, thank you again. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Kenneth, I appreciate you being here. Thank you, my friend, and, and be well. Okay, sure will. Back we are here on the podcast, and I got to say that uh, super appreciative and thankful for Kenneth for being here and, and really sharing with such openness and honesty uh, about his life and his background and then also explaining us uh, some of the stories from his book. You know, I, I can I can relate to a story in so many ways, particularly around that profound impact that his mother has had on his life as, as, as a single parent. Uh, you know, again, my upbringing is very similar. So I really appreciate that, Kevin. Much goes up for, for sharing your lessons talking about cracking the code of life uh, I think uh, listeners will appreciate that and again you know I would say uh, check out his book it's entitled uh, illegitimate son uh, pick up a copy and and, and have a read it's, it's a really good read you know when I reflect on my conversation with Kenneth you know he really left us with some great things and if there's just one uh, item that I pull from my conversation with him it would be this from the moment we enter the world, we're subject to being programmed with beliefs and ideals from friends, families, and society until we get to that point where we're able to develop our own understandings. As we grow and progress through life and, and gather more experiences, we start to form our own realizations of who we are as individuals, what things matter to us, and how we fit into the world around us. You know, to some it might feel like that we've hit a, a eureka moment and we've cracked the code of life, uh, and, 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 and that's fine. Because through this process of discovery, we may end up ditching old damaging habits and replacing with new ones. Maybe we gain a better purpose of self, uncover hidden passions, or uncover and discover our amazing potential. Whatever path we go down, please know that these are all our key and important steps in living that bold and audacious life that we're after. 
Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so simply by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com and all you've got to do is enter in your email address and every time brand new content comes out, you will be alerted. Uh, I gotta t- send a big shout out and thanks to our awesome listeners. You know, you guys make this uh, incredible pleasure and honor to, to share with and talk to. And uh, the feedback has been fantastic. And I encourage you to keep doing so. It's so much appreciated. Uh, our lovers of audacious, as I say, thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.